It's the Tiltcast, episode 499, Rumbly Nuts. <laughs> and this week, guys, we talk Guardians of the Galaxy, right. Elden Ring, and Dying Light 2. Stay tuned. Uh, what a click. Yeah. It's the Tiltcast. We're back. It is 1022, March 12th. We're an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And with the three of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games and some news. Uh, Jason is remote today. He's been helping sell Girl Scout cookies. I've been out watching cover bands, and Rusty's been sleeping. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and it has gotten colder than I expected. Yeah. Well, you know. <clears throat> it's been a day. Jason, what you been up to? Out. <laughs> Uh, outside of work being a real bear this week, I finally got to got to sink some my teeth into a little bit of game today. Is the women were out of the house selling cookies, and I was here with the boy. Hey, that sounds fun. So, we'll we'll yeah, dive. We, go ahead. We sit there and we play play a lot of uh, uh, gang beasts. Game Pass. Mm. Uh, oh, what's what when is the girls aren't here? What's Gang Beasts? Uh, Gang Beasts is a uh, uh, just like a brawler kind of. It's like a physics brawler. Yeah, kind of like uh, um, if you took Super Smash Brothers and took away all of the uh, super powerful hits. And just put everything on a full 3D plane that you can walk around in. That's Gang Beast. And, and you're trying to beat each other up? And it's physics in the way that you just kind of like grab things and you can kind of ragdoll about, you know, your opponents around and shit. It's, yep. it's, um, sounds like can a good, hit, a you, good can punch, you can punch people or headbutt them to knock them out. Then you can pick them up and like throw them off the map or shit like that. So, a really good game and a really safe game to play with your six-year-old. Pretty much. Eight, but yeah. Or eight, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kids grow fast. Time flies. Kids do grow fast. I mean, in my world, time slows down. I'm in the middle of my midlife opportunity. I, I'm in the middle of my midlife crisis, so... <clears throat> I mean, I was talking to my dad about... Um, classic cars today. Jesus! Why are you fucking knocking shit over, man? I just about killed Lola. Jeez. You were you were talking about classic cars. Yeah, so we're building a gaming table together, right? Okay. And at some point, I'll actually post pictures at Tiltcast. Well, Tiltcast. Uh, Twitter.com slash Tiltcast. Facebook.com slash Tiltcast. Oh, yeah. Um, like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Click the bell for notifications. Follow. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, the uh, gaming table that we're making has like a, it's very big. It's much much bigger than my kitchen table. It is originally it was an eight by four. We figured eight by four was too big, yeah. so cut off two feet off one end on the longer end, right? So it's six by four, and in the middle is a four by two recessed deck that I've got to put felt on for rolling dice. And you're going to pull, we use the four, 
the 4x2 that we cut off the end to make part of the box, right? And then on the top, where we cut out the hole, is what is going to sit on top, or does actually sit on top now. Um, already tested it today to make sure it's the right height. Like, everything's basically done. i got to sand and stain and add felt and then add something unique and intricate so I can pull out the top because once it's in there, it's pretty hard to get out. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking a piece tabs. of leather. Yeah. Like it, some, something that you've got like in between, you know, on the bottom so that you can lift it up, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I was literally thinking about taking a really small screw and affixing it to a piece of leather that just kind of sticks out a little bit mm-hmm. so I can just pull it up. You just, yeah. And then once just I get enough it, to lift it, once I get a high enough lift then all I got to do is just pick it up. Right. Um, but yeah, um, I've got, it's 90% done. I've got to add felt, probably ought to put some kind of cushion on the bottom of the legs so that it doesn't scuff my floor. Yes. Um, but I'm pretty happy with it so far. It is sturdy as fuck too, man. This thing is like, what kind of, what was the top that we picked out, Jason? Um, it's, a it's a, uh, birch plywood. So it's a birch laminate on regular plywood. And then I've got a, didn't really, I've got to do some fill work on the little bits of it, right? So I used a lot of screws. I say I, I mean my dad who builds decks and uh, frames windows and shit like that. Okay. So there's a lot of, there wasn't a lot of ways to build it in a way where I didn't have screws going through the top. So I'm going to take little bits of wood putty because we recessed them Mm -hmm. and then sand that into it basically. Okay. And then I'm going to stand it on top of that. But I do, for the legs, have these, I don't know what the fuck, they're fucking lag screws is what they are, with these huge hex heads that do stick out of the table. I'm okay with them. They're really unique looking. But they're fucking sturdy. They're like seven inches long. <laughs> these things go way down into the table legs. And then I've got the sides on the table screwed into that table leg. And then I've got one last thing i got to figure out. i got to figure out how to do cup holders on this thing. But... um it's pretty insane. I really like this project so far. Um, How deep is the uh, is the well on the inside? You said it was. Uh, well, well, we'll measure it. I don't know if that's girl inches or boy inches, but um, in girl inches, probably about four inches. In guy inches, probably about seven. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I I'm I'm not familiar with these uh, with these units. <laughs> I know because you just know male boy uh, inches, uh, right? So, so I, I was just thinking, it's uh, a, neat little side projects that I'm thinking of for these things is um, a dice tower. Have you ever seen you know you know, seen a dice tower? I don't know what that is. Okay, so I, I'm not sure if that's that's the the actual name of it, but it's basically a um, a. a you put the dice on the top of it, you let the dice go and it, you know, rolls out the bottom so that there's no like trick, you know, trick shots with your, uh, with your dice or anything like that. You just put them in, put it in there and it randomly drops the, uh, the dice onto the play surface. So, um, now that we're talking about it, I have one potential issue with my dice. Mm -hmm. I have a lip to hold the topper in. And the dice can roll under the lip by one die length. Oh. 
Okay. So I may have to figure that out. Well, I, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to see. I may, this. I may put some foam or something down there. I don't know. I'm gonna, I, I'm I have gonna to see it, it to be able to, you know, to visualize what you're talking about. But yeah, I, it's like the dice tower is just basically just like a, a rectangular structure where, where it has, you know, where the you know there's like a couple different slots on the inside that go at an angle, like at a 45 degree angle. So that you put the dice in there and it rolls this way and then it goes down this way and it goes down this way and then it just comes out a shoot at the bottom. So that, uh, you know, so that it's kind of, I don't know. I I, I, think I like those my are, trick shots. I like my drops sometimes. Just drop it and yeah. dunk. Yeah. Yeah. You just drop it on a fucking natural 20, right? Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not looking at my hand before it drops. Uh-huh. You just you like know, you roll the balls or the, the dice and then you, eh, I don't like that at all. I, I like it. I like just being able to go uh, uh, fate and then just drop it in there, and then it's kind of like a, a plinko fucking machine as it goes. But natural uh, twenty. But yeah, Jason, uh, it will be a. I think I can have a playable surface ready by Friday. I have Thursday off, so I'm going to be dicking with this a lot. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to get some more supplies that I need. To kind of finalize some things. Um, That's what they're called, dice towers. Go figure. Yeah, Jason, uh, I've got a pretty... It's a pretty cool product that me and my dad made. But in the middle of this, you know, we were talking about my uh, midlife opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had looked at some classic cars. I was like, you know, I bet I could find something for like 10 grand. Save up some money and buy myself a classic car. Fucking nopes. Yeah, I see that dice tower. Um, yeah, I was so, looking at a, I was looking at a Chevelle, Jason, ninety yeah. fucking grand for a '67 Chevelle. Yep. Okay. You're getting into that. That is full on midlife crisis. There, you're like going, I would like a classic car. I want something that rumbles my nuts. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what? Because Dad was like, "What about a Tesla?" And I was like, "Teslas won't rumble my nuts, Dad." You know what? Get a Tesla. I don't want a fucking Tesla. Get yourself a fucking Prius, then I don't give a fuck. No, I don't. I don't want. No. I don't want an electric car. I want something that rumbles. That something's a little loud. Okay. So Justin, mm-hmm. the planet don't, uh, for you. don't overthink the uh, uh, taking the middle of the top out. What we can do? Um, he's on the table he's, again. He's brainstorming. I, I'm back to the table. I'm looking at the pictures. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll just bring my, uh, uh, what I can do is next week I can bring my little, uh, uh, oscillating tool and we can just cut like a, a router, a handle into one side, a router. No, no, we're not going to cut it into the top of the fucking thing. No, 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 yeah. no. We'll figure yeah. this out. But we'll figure it out later. I want to get into the rumble the nuts thing. <laughs> so, rumble the nuts, dude. Yeah, you're not going to afford a classic car to rumble the nuts, man. Well, my dad put it in perspective. He's like, you might as well just get a regular old charger nowadays. Because it'll be cheaper than a classic charger. I was like, man, that's depressing. It's I- not. He's not wrong. The you know the older the car uh, the older those cars are, the um they actually increase in value. Now. They increase in value, and I was just thinking I was even telling him, I was like, Dad, do you remember when I bought 
I had a 1990 Ford Escort. It's my first car. I bought it for three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. I was like, remember, I had the opportunity of getting that or saving two more thousand to get a '69 Chevelle. And I was like, I don't have the money right now. I'm going to get this Escort. Now, granted, I probably would have beat the shit out of that Chevelle because I'd have driven it like a madman at 16 years old. Oh yeah, I bought the Escort at 15 and a half. Right. Like if I had a freaking Chevelle at 16, I would have had so many speeding tickets. I probably would be dead. Like. The way I drove the Escort, pretending I was in a Charger well, right, with its stick shift and me nearly redlining a fucking Escort. You, you'd, uh, and you'd end up you know, either wrapping it around a fucking tree or you'd end up having to replace basically all of the innards on it anyway. So By this point, it would have been dead. But he's like, you can't cry over spilled milk. He's like, at this point, you'd have had so many miles on it, it would have been dead anyway. He's like, it's, those think cars don't last 200 plus thousand miles. He's like, you start up your car. I have a Nissan. He's like, you start up your car every single time. It's going to start, and it's relatively inexpensive to replace stuff. You have a right. practical car. I was like, yeah, I had a practical car because I was poor. He's like, yeah, that's fine. It's a practical car. It'll keep running. He's like, you get your midlife crisis car when you get your midlife crisis car, but don't get an old car. I mean... Just to say that the millionaires you hear about who stay millionaires don't all. Well, I know Jeff Bezos drove like a Civic or something like that, or Corolla for forever. Right. I mean, why would you want to go and spend all of this money on, you know, on a vehicle? To to be honest, I I don't get it. But then again, I look at my vehicle as a tool and not. I look at it as a tool, but I've also wanted. A hot car for an incredibly long time. The only hot car I had was an 88 Trans Am a long time ago. I it was, can't it roll was, my eyes harder than this. Like, it was a fucking mullet mobile. Like, that thing was still badass as fuck, and it sounded great. And it, it, got, it got like 12 miles a gallon on its best days. See, I don't know, man. I look at... I, I, I'm, I guess, I'm very practical when it comes to my vehicles. So when it, you know, uh, when I went to go pick up the vehicle that I got, uh, you know, got a CRV. Uh, I mean, I was looking for gas mileage, looking for internal space so that I could, like, you know, put the parts that I need for work in the back seat or back of the vehicle. Uh, whether or not uh, it I mean, has, minivans are great too, right? Lots I mean, see, the CRV is basically a fucking minivan. Um, uh, I mean, I can fit fucking five people in the fucker. It's you know, I don't know five people. Fuck. So it's like I've only ever had people in the passenger seat. Nobody has ever actually sat on the seat in the back. That's all for like parts in my backpack and shit. That's that's what fucking my, my back seat's for. But. I mean, I'm looking, you know, my next car is going to be electric. I know it's going to be electric. I know that I'm not going to have a play car because, A, I live in a fucking apartment, uh, and, B, I mean, 12 miles to the gallon right now, mind-blowing. You're, like, (laughs) fucking mind-blowingly bad. Holy shit. 12 miles to the gallon means that I'd be spending, like, 300 fucking dollars Every two fucking oh, weeks to be able to drive it. I don't drive that much to begin with. I mean, right, but 
Sometimes I want to put a. Sometimes I want to. Right. Sometimes my one of my small but very long term dreams is just driving places in a nice, in a car that rumbles my nuts, listening to some good music with my dog. Okay. So you can you can achieve that without ever actually like going. You know, when was the last time you were in a car that had like 400 horsepower? Okay. I would say never because it's life. It's, a, it, it does I change I your mindset. I don't. Casey uh, has owned several hot cars and okay. I have sat in his wife's dragster when they've turned it on. That is life changing. It does something to the, to my psyche. I'm just like, <laughs> okay. But, I go like Florida NASCAR all like immediately. But my but my thing is is that you can actually uh, you can achieve the same results in a rat rod. So I don't want I don't want something that has a high I don't want a tricked out four stroke. Okay, but it's that's that's not what that's not what rat rods are. <laughs> rat rods pack power behind rust. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want a rat rod. Uh, Even though it's part of this too is the silicone shortage has driven up the cost of cars, not the classic cars, but the cla- well they have right because all cars have the ability to be worth more right now, mm-hmm. even used cars. So like mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a car this year. Believe me, the fucking dealership wants my car back. Yeah, like it's stupid. But uh, at some point, I want my nuts to rumble. You know what? You can get that with a five dollar fucking toy from Amazon. That's <laughs> not the same. You, you can get that right now by fucking like you know throwing your fucking Xbox controller under your seat, dude. It's it's not it's not a big fucking like it's not a big thing for me. I guess that's uh, we have a different you know we have yeah a different value on that. But well, it's. Just the pure excitement. Just getting on the on-ramp on the highway and something that gets zero to 60 in under five seconds is great. Okay. But you can only go 60 legally. Um, hmm. Yeah. When I was, when I was, uh, when was, when did this happen? So I don't remember if it was a concert or not, but when I was 16 years old, my buddy's brother worked for MTV and he sorted all the music that went on to all of the TV shows. And he did that, but he also lived here. Um, it's called Central Park Apartments. You probably know where that's at right mm-hmm. now. And even back then, they were, this is, well, I'm going to be 40 this year, so this is like 24 years ago. <laughs> and the dude um, drove a fucking Lotus, right? Okay. And... We got going from here to Oklahoma City. We got going 150 miles an hour. Okay. It was the biggest fucking rush. It may be a rush, but I'm risk averse. So when it comes to things you like that. You put your head through a windshield. I put, yes. I have not put, I my, put head my head through. I have not put my head through a windshield. I'm going to have you fucking stand out in a fucking field with a goddamn six foot iron pole during a thunderstorm and see how you fucking feel about it, asshole. Uh, <laughs> you'll be fucking risk averse then now, won't you? Fucking lightning boy. Uh, <laughs> Nothing gets my nuts tangling like a little bit of electricity. Look, look, we've all had our fucking things, but yes, 
I will fucking wear my seatbelt. I am looking for fucking, you know, a, you know, an economical fucking car. I almost, and I was thinking nothing, about, a, I was th- thinking about a motorcycle. I was like, maybe I get like a Yamaha Warrior or something. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to drive a motorcycle nowadays. Uh, right. People, because not, people are idiots. People don't look out for them. Right. The, and you want a loud motorcycle because you want people to know where you're at. And I despise anything loud because fuck, I live during, or I sleep <laughs> during the day. So people fucking, Revving their fucking engines up and fucking just, try, you know, trying to take off in the middle of my fucking neighborhood, which is interesting and fun in a fucking apartment, by the way. Um, I hate them. I hate them Jason, hard. Jason, you have zero opinion on this? I'm just <laughs> listening to the shit show, man. <laughs> he, so, you're like, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you make, you know, you have a higher value for the zero to 60 number, I have a much higher value on the 60 to zero number. And that is, and, and that we're so, we're, and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the 60 to zero number is the most important metric for me. <laughs> I mean, I can't really say anything because my dream car is a fucking 67 Corvette. Right so. there with, I'd love a six, a 58 Corvette Stingray. I have, I have, man, I don't know. I, I just want to have the house and the infrastructure so that I could fucking go full fucking electric and just I'll, be completely away from the gas prices right now. Yeah, I won't be forever. But long story short, that getting to the gas prices is that's eating everybody's lunch that has to drive for any reason right. or shop for groceries like we all do. Um, fuck. I have I have that shit delivered, <laughs> right? But the people who deliver the groceries to the grocery store yeah. drive in vehicles. True, and I I, I tip the them cost enough. Of, the cost of, well, and the people that make food appear in a supermarket also drive vehicles. Believe and me, my lots of fuel. My my um, you the know, average my price family is like four fifty in the U.S. Right. My now. family's business is trucking. I understand. <laughs> so I'm sure their <laughs> expense to operate their business has gone up. Holy fuck, has it? Especially up there where diesel is actually, you know, diesel. What is, what's the diesel price in Michigan? Oh God, what is it now? I'd have probably, to look it up. But probably I, four and a half bucks. Yeah, no, probably five bucks. But yeah, um, not getting to the gas prices. That's a boring topic, and it's depressing. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just curious now. What's the price of diesel in your hometown? Uh, four twenty four. That's still pretty expensive. That's nuts, actually. No, actually, no, nope, nope. That was regular. Diesel's four ninety five, almost five bucks. Yeah, and that uh, I mean that's yeah, that's nuts. Anywho, uh, <laughs> let's get off of that topic. Let's get off holy that shit! Topic. Yeah, Customs that's depressing. really fucking depressing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it it cost me nearly eighty dollars to fill up my truck. Yeah. So we're doing yeah, remote next week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, <laughs> you been up to anything interesting, Rusty? Um, honestly, outside of some interesting fucking shit, or not super fucking interesting, but fucking sh- shit that's happened at work that I can't really even speak about. Um, yeah, uh, not much. I've been just fucking playing video games and keeping my head down because, I mean. 
the world is going to shit and I'm, I'm just going to live in my little world until, uh, until the world sorts itself out or we all go into fucking like nuclear winter. Anywho, um, <coughs> um, no, I just been, I've really just been playing fucking video games, uh, and trying to, uh, uh, trying to keep my, in, my total stress level completely down. Um, interestingly enough, I am preparing my apartment for a visitor next week though. Oh yeah. So I'm in the middle of like concert central and it just started tonight. So me, Vanessa and John went and saw a kiss, um, kiss cover band. It's one of her old friends that has, uh, a cover band for, well, kiss. That was, I just reversed the order of my words. Okay, cool. Yes, thank you. So we watched that and had some tacos and shit, but um, that was the first of many shows. Um, seeing them, tomorrow I'm seeing a band called Between the Buried and Me with an old friend of mine from a band that I won't name because our name will tarnish his. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damn. He's in a sign band. But Way to make me feel good. <laughs> I can explain later. But... Uh, and then Friday next week, I'll be taking the pupper, or Sunday, Saturday morning, I'll be taking the pupper over to Rusty's house, and then leaving for Dallas to see Revocation and Cannibal Corpse, um, and staring in an Airbnb with my buddy. And then Wednesday next week, um, I was going to see Ginger, but they're part of, they're a Ukrainian band. So they have went back home to take care of family, and now I'm kind of stuck seeing Slipknot with Matt. I'm not actually a big Slipknot fan, um, but yeah, they're Matt, all right. Matt's taken me, and I've never seen him, and I heard they put on a great show. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I might as well see him, right? And I can check that off my list. That'll be another show that I saw with a friend. I've never seen a show with Matt. I've known him this long, and we've never seen a show together. Wow. Okay. I should have seen Tool with him at least the seven or eight times that he's seen Tool because that's his favorite band. Okay, but. Yeah, I'll settle for Slipknot. I haven't seen a show with them. I mean, if I had to choose between Tool and Slipknot, I'd probably t- uh, choose Slipknot myself. But I yeah. mean, Tool, Tool had its time. <laughs> tool time. Um, <laughs> bad pun. Bad pun. And then Saturday, no Sunday, that same going into the next week, um, I'm seeing um, Uncle Astid and the. Uh, Fuck, what is it called? Why am I having such a brain fart? Oh, uh, let me pull up my Amazon music. <laughs> I don't know. I'm had literally had, it's a new I, band. I could I couldn't tell you what that band was. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's kinda like I call it Death Rock. It's kinda like uh, Black Sabbath. Okay. If if you smoke, it's the band to listen to. I'll just put it that way. Okay. That but, makes that makes sense. Yeah, it's, uh, why can I not do Alphabet? Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, why could I not remember that? Anyways, um, your band kind of got into, um, so I'll be seeing them in Kansas City the following week, and then Brian and Sean are watching the dog that week. And then two weeks, three weeks after that, I'll be seeing Inferior and Archspire in Kansas City, and then... Megadeth on April 30th. Jesus. In Tulsa. This guy. He's got so many freaking like concert I've, dates. I've got them all 
done. Me and John will be seeing High Lung in October. Still open invite if you decide you want to do it. It sounds like a really fun time. But we uh, plan on spending a lot of money on merch. We want to see if there's any like human bone things that they're, they're selling. They're not going to sell any human bones. No, I'm sure there'll be hoodies and shit. But yes. Me and John set a $100 merch budget for that show just because that'll that'll never happen again. Um, uh, right. Yeah. So like I've got, and then I'm open to other things. I've been thinking about seeing Bauhaus is on tour again. I haven't never seen Bauhaus. Would love to see Bauhaus. Okay. I'm not familiar. <laughs> you rattled off like, you know. Love and Rockets. You ever heard of Love and Rockets? Nope. So biggest 80s, 90s goth bands of all time, like right below, a notch below Depeche Mode. Okay. See. No, that wasn't my scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you, I mean, 20, that years was ago totally... I was wearing, 20 years ago, I was wearing eye makeup. So. Right. Yeah. You were, you were wearing a lot more. You know, intentional black at that time. Yeah, now um, it's just like shades of black, right? And lots of cargo shorts. The uh, and you know, I've got a cargo. Sh- I've got cargo shorts out the years. Man. But but then again, that that period of time for me was you know you were into uh, into that scene. I was still <laughs> I was still being brought up on fucking you know uh, rock ballads and fucking, so the, you kiss, know, the kiss cover show would have been great for you. The kiss cover show. Probably not because I would immediately be like this. I mean, they're kiss. from Detroit, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not kiss. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, uh, I mean, I was, you know, I was brought up on fucking white snake and fucking, Cinderella oh, and your, fucking, your parents are like eighties rockers, huh? And yeah, uh, White Lion, fucking White Lion, rat. fucking Poison, fucking Rat. All yeah, I mean, all of the eighties, yeah, eighties hair bands. Yes, um, out of all those bands, I'll still listen to GNR. Okay, yeah, yeah, GNR is you know, uh, if, it, was, if it comes up on the radio on the on the ancient station. Because it's not even oldies anymore. <laughs> I'll totally listen to some "Welcome to the Jungle" man. Oh yeah, I mean that's that. That I mean that was that was the thing. That was what I was you know I was brought up on. It was either that or country, and I chose I I chose to uh, to follow. There's even some decent country out there. Like I spoke of about a lot of bands that are sit more in the metal register. Like mm. if Loretta Lynn was to come to town, I'd probably see that. Mm. No, but. Not in the eighties. There was no, there no. was a pretty big if Hank, divide. Hank Senior's dead now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, if you've never seen Hank Junior, that is the perfect meld of heavy rock plus country. Hank Junior always puts on two shows, and it's fucking badass. You get old school country, like stuff that his dad would have played, and then you get something like kind of like Pantera at the same time. Okay, it's a pretty crazy show. And, Hank Junior's fucking boss. Yeah, I mean. My, um, so, I mean, I was, when I was growing up with, you know, with music, of course, there was on my, you know, on the grandparents' side, and most of my family listens to country music, and they don't like the new country. Well, new country is pop. Um, the, uh, you know, new country, even, even back then, new country had, you know, uh, some rock tones to it, right? Uh, you know, and they tended to be a little more upbeat than the whole, like, my dog left, you know, or my dog left me, my fucking, 
uh, truck doesn't work, think, and my fucking uh, my wife is uh, is cheating on me. Um, like I would like if Willie Nelson played a show, I'd totally go fucking see Willie Nelson. I mean, yeah, but. He's fucking ancient now too. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's like oh yeah, <laughs> he's still living though, man. And pots kept him alive. I mean, he's very he's very well preserved. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced his kids started putting formaldehyde in the in his pot. <laughs> I mean, that Jeez. is a thing, but um, don't try that. Don't try that, please. It'll fuck you up. The um, trust me. The the that's the thing. This my. That's that's where I was you when know, I was growing up. That was what they were trying to get me to get into. Like the the first instrument that my grandparents wanted to get me to play was a steel guitar, of all fucking things. Hey, I've heard some mean steel guitar. I mean, but it would have been played in the country yeah. style. Um, oh, if you want a really good country album that's not from a country artist, um, Mike Ness. Have you ever heard of Social Distortion? Mm, vaguely, yes. Okay, so let me I'm, I'm terrible with names, by the way. You remember that? Mike Ness, okay. N-E-S-S, has, let me see if he just still has the two solo albums. He did a country album and he did a blues album um, from Social D. Mm. Under the Influences. So, and then Cheating at Solitaire. He released them back to back. So, Under the Influences is a album that is old country, done with a guy that has sung punk rock his whole life, but. Social distortion is kind of like country punk rock. Just, you know, for the uninitiated. Okay. Kind of started rockabilly, but it's way slower stuff. Uh, really soulful. Like, just going to throw that out there. Like, Mike Ness is one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, but Cheating at Solitaire is like a straight blues rock album with saxophone and really uh, somber sounds. It's a really good album. Both both albums by Mike Ness are one hundred percent recommended. Okay. Yep. Anyways, it's just like yeah. At some point, I just need to do a music podcast because I do have a very large collection, and believe it or not, I've got some pretty wide range of things I like. I would definitely not be part of that because I yeah. am terrible about fucking music. <laughs> I think that would be a me and John thing because yeah. John has also some pretty eclectic tastes. Um, on what he listens to as well, but that's a that's a good idea. Fuck, that's a good idea. Yeah, well, there you go. All right, so anyways, uh, get back down. on track because it is late, and I know Jason is like half dead. Um, oh, I'm good right now. Let's <laughs> let's get on topic. So, Jason, he's, he's like, I'm good. We're we're gonna call this a segue, but really, we just stopped at a stop sign and took a right turn. Yep. Um, you've been playing some game, right? I've been playing some Guardians of the Galaxy today. That's about all I got this week. Okay. Yeah, well, that's but you in that game, though. Oh. I told you. I fucking oh. told you. Is it running good on your PC? Oh, it runs fucking great. What's like, it? I know the bit you saw on Discord uh, when I was going through those cutscenes. Cutscenes may have looked a little bit rough, but that was more Discord than it was the game. Um, no, Discord like flawless. I think Discord renders down to 720p or something when it does streaming. It's it's also very choppy, you know, especially if you don't have a boosted uh, a boosted fucking Discord server. But and we don't, uh, so it's it's fine. I know that it it's running at a better frame rate than two. 
uh, which is what we were getting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fucking awesome. I will say, does it, does it um, feel like a Marvel? At first, the controls felt slightly janky. Yeah. Um, but I got used to them pretty quick. Uh, is once I got used to them, it flowed pretty well. Is this a game that we should have been playing last year before we did Game of the Year, Jason? It completely is. Though I still don't think it's would have won Game of the Year. It would have been a it would have been a true argument. Um, it only gets better from you. Know, I mean, you, how long have you played? Uh, through the uh, through the Nova Core ship. That's about it. Oh, um, you haven't seen shit yet. Yeah, I. It's already leaving that. Literally, just started today and played it. Played it in little chunks because you know while while most everybody was out of the house, I was trying to at least you know clean up, and we had a bunch of meat that I had to cook today, so um, I was kind of in and out of it, but what I've seen so far is really good. I will say the the voice acting is spot on for the feel you would hope for out of a out of a game that it's closely related to the cinematic universe, but not directly in it. Right. The uh, way I felt is that they took they took the mannerisms of each character from the cinematic universe, the movies, uh, and then they took the the characters and the, the character backstory and uh, and the lore from the comics. So yeah, that's absolutely what they did. And so it's um, a it's a almost a perfect melding of the two, which I thought was fucking amazing. I I thought yeah. uh, I I thought the that game just hits just right, you know, as far as the banter in between all of the guardians. Though so I will say, probably the most spot on is is Rocket. I mean. Yeah, because you can't yeah. fuck up Rocket. Rocket's like the mascot. Don't tell him that. Um, <laughs> but Rocket is basically like I think Rocket's one of the more interesting characters in you know uh, of the Guardians. Um, but but back to the controller jank. It wasn't enough that I didn't get used to it quickly. Uh, quickly figured out my way my way around it um the lock-on systems uh work pretty well etc um so we'll we'll see how the whole experience goes so far i'm pleased no i played it on keyboard and mouse and i remember there was some uh some jankiness it's like uh, a button that you I, I can't remember exactly what the button was. I think it was shift. Um, I ended up using that button a lot uh, on the keyboard and it just felt weird because it was like the, uh, I guess I think that's uh, either the lock on or the rocket boots. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but, um, but yeah, there was, there was at least a control that didn't, you know, didn't feel quite right for, 
uh, you know, for the game. And it took some getting used to. Well, and here's some, here's some true jank for you. So when, uh, so I've been playing it with my Xbox controller. Okay. And even though the game is on game pass, all like all the on, on screen prompts for controls are perfectly mapped to the Xbox controller, but those little instructional pop-ups that come up during that whole intro mission, Mm -hmm. all of them gave me the PlayStation buttons. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. So it was kind of like... Uh, And this is on Game Pass, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's odd. (laughs) So I was kind of like, okay, this is different. Good thing I'm not such a total elitist that I don't know what a PlayStation controller is meant for. Yeah, (laughs) well, I mean, normally you have the opposite. Because I play... I play, you know, all of my PC games using a PlayStation controller on my PC. So most of the time, I end up having to map it like an Xbox controller. So I have I have to look at things in the reverse way, you know. Uh, so, you know, trying to figure out that X isn't necessarily the same on a PC controller or on the Xbox controller as it is on a uh you know, on a PlayStation controller, you know? (laughs) So I understand. I get it, but it's kind of weird seeing PlayStation buttons on a game pass game. That that seems like an oversight. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it was one of those things that it, it threw me off the first couple times it happened. And then I was like, Oh, I see what's happening here. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Uh, I can tell you that that game's going to get, uh, you know, it, it gets better as you go along. Because, uh, I mean, as of right now, you basically don't have a whole lot of powers, <laughs> um, you know, to, you know, to start with. Uh, and it gets pretty good as you go along. Like the, the battles get a whole lot more hectic uh, and you do a whole lot more things in, in those battles. Uh, have you done a huddle yet? Oh yeah. <laughs> the huddle was fucking cool. What's the, the huddle is basically kind of like, a, you know, it, it, it's like the special meter. It's like a limit break almost. Um, and uh, once you've, you know, gained enough of the, you know, uh, of that, you know, that, uh, uh, that power, whatever it is, uh, you know, Star-Lord will call a huddle and bring in all of the, uh, uh, all of the guardians, basically in the middle of a battle, they just stop huddle up. And then, uh, you have to kind of go through some context menus, uh, of like trying to pep up the team, you know, yeah, and everybody talks about you know what's going wrong with the mission or how scared they are, yada yada, and you gotta pick the right, uh, uh, the right speech to give the team to. Right, it's like it's a little pep talk in the middle of a battle, uh, and if you do it right, 
everybody ends up with like basically an unlimited meter for uh, for all of their abilities, uh, and they do extra damage. Um, you know, so and and of and most importantly for me, the music changes. Interesting. <laughs> the music changes to what's on the mixtape, and that 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 feels really good, doesn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it felt really good. Like they do a really good job of picking the mixtape for uh, for all the Guardians movies. <laughs> so, um, it's, but it's it's definitely a little bit a uh, little bit different. Like a lot of the a lot of the music is more hair metal related. Yep. Um. Uh. Then like class than like classic rock. So, so they did, uh, a, they did do an interesting thing. Um, because the mixtape for, you know, that, that star Lord has is almost all of it is licensed content. Almost all of it. Um, but if you were a streamer, um, obviously you, you want to stick away, you know, get away from having that. So what they did was they had a uh, a band actually record an entire album for this game to stream so, so that and it's all in the same kind of uh, it's all in the same vein as uh, as what would be on the mixtape it's it's all you know you know hair metal you know you know like 80s hair metal um but that entire album, you can listen to the entire album if you have the game. And it's not bad. It's it's not the greatest, but it's not bad. Like, I listened to a few of the tracks, and they're pretty good. You know, <laughs> but... I do, I, I do think the soundtrack for Guardians overall was a very well-crafted mix. Like, somebody obviously knew how to call on the roots of people... That were born in the set that lived their childhood and teenhood in the seventies, seventies and eighties, yeah, yeah, and the people that grew up with those parents. It's basically our generation and the previous generation before. It's like greatest hits, yep, because and it's all like those jam hits, not necessarily just the pop hits from those eras. It's the jam hits, right? Like your Pat <clears throat> Benatar's and you know yeah. things like that, right? Like the stuff you go cruising in your uh, big rum, nut rumbly car listening to. <laughs> right. God. Getting stuck on that nut, you know, nut rumbly, huh? The rumbly nuts. <coughs> but yeah, dude, that, that fucking game is, is, is great. I mean, if you turn on streamer mode, it only plays that, uh, uh, that original track. Um, you know, so that it doesn't have any licensed content. Uh, but that was my, that was my point for that. But, um, I mean, you're not streaming it, so you can listen to all the fucking tracks in there. And there's a pretty, you know, pretty large track list, uh, on there. So the, um, it just adds to the track list is, you know, uh, oh, fuck, what is it? Is it actually called Star Lord? I think it's, I think the, 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 yeah, the, the fictional band uh, that he was that he's listening to in the intro is called Star Lord. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
So that's where, of course, obviously that's where he gets his name, right? So that's, that's pretty cool. So I think you'll like that game. Yeah, I'm, uh, I do want to play that this year. I just, you know, I've got other things. You're, you're too, too deep into Elden Ring, aren't you? I am. I was shown Rusty. <laughs> I've got 56 hours in the game. I'm not like one of the people that's trying to beat it in an hour or two hours or whatever. Um, I'm literally just chewing through it at my pace. And it's not me like I'm not grinding that much. I'm just kind of exploring and figuring stuff out as I go. Um, so I'm 56 hours in and I have about half the map unlocked. If that. Okay. I mean, it's a huge fucking game. It's huge. And I see no reason to rush it, honestly. There's just... Sometimes you get in a good groove, and you're like, oh, I'm in a good farming groove. I'm going to get me a level here while I'm at it. No, put on my farmer's hat. I've probably got about two hours of that as grinding for souls. The rest of that is me just fucking exploring and figuring stuff out. I'm on a really long quest chain right now. i got to kind of figure out the next step. But, like, last night, I told Rusty, I was like, all right, so I've had a long day. And then I'm trying to beat this boss, which is uh, Starscream or whatever the fuck <laughs> his name is. Uh, Red in the something. Star something Rodon. Star Caller Rodon. Yeah, Star Caller Rodon. Yeah. So the thing about Souls for the most part is you can spoil yourself, but I wholeheartedly would ask people if you get stuck to look up videos. There's so many other things you can do in that game with Elden Ring. Um, and I thought I was fucked on that boss. And then I went exploring for a little bit while I'm talking to Rusty. I kill a dragon at the bottom of this mine while I'm just, I discovered a mine. I saw like a little cave icon. I was like, I bet there's a cave there. That looks like a good place for a cave. So I go riding up, totally a cave. There's some hard shit in here. Okay, well, there's some good material here for me to upgrade my weapons. I'm going to skip through the cave. Stumble on a boss at the bottom of the cave that's a minor dragon. Minor Dragon takes me about three attempts. I get the attack pattern down, and I take him out. They give me a Dragon Heart. What can I get with a Dragon Heart? Oh yeah, I saw somebody like fucking this boss up with a Dragon Breath. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see if I can buy that Dragon Breath. Totally can. What does that Dragon Breath do? Adds a decay debuff on anything that is susceptible to it. By the way, this dude's also susceptible to it. Now, it took me about 15 attempts to line this up, mind you. <laughs> um, I spent the greater part of an hour figuring out the move set to dodge to even get close to him to figure out how to do it. And then you saw the wind up on that breath. It's like a five second fucking cast almost. Yes. So can you cheese him with this? Yes. You have to pick the right moments of opportunity. Absolutely. Um, and that boss has you raising people or summoning people in that you've met in the past. And it's only the people, I think it's only the people I've met so far. So I had a limited cast of characters to summon to fight him and distract him. And one of them nopes out. <laughs> one of them fucking nopes out. Like, every single time you summon him in. Uh, I'll just say it because it's kind of funny. Patches is a character that's been in the series for a long time. He's an homage to previous Souls games. Mm -hmm. um, and he's always kind of a mysterious character. In fact, there's a whole way to get interactive patches that's pretty hilarious in this game, too. But... Yeah, he fucking nopes out every fucking... Like, no, there's a couple of times he stayed in the battle. But he's got a high chance to nope out. It just says, Patches has left the area. You're like, you fucker. <laughs> you saw the boss that's fucking huge, just shooting fucking magic all over the place. And yep. he's like, fuck this. Yeah. Right. Um, nope. And so, yeah, with the 
Rot Dragon Breath, you can eventually get behind Starscream and <laughs> wind cute. up this this breath attack and just unload on him and then nope the fuck out and then wait for phase two where he comes down like a fucking comet, literally comes down as a comet. It reminded and, me of like there's a uh, there's a there's a monster in Monster Hunter Rise that does the same thing. It reminded me a lot of like that. But yeah, he comes down as a comet. You have to look around you like it gets quiet for a second because he nopes out for just a second. And then you look around and then you see the brightness in the distance start streaking towards you. And I have died a few times of that because um, you can resummon everybody in after they die. It just takes a second to you gotta hit your Y button or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Get them in. So many of the many of the times that I died was me like forgetting about the comet for a minute and then trying to summon as many people in as possible without looking out for the comet, and then the comet takes me and everybody else that I'm summoning in out out at the same time. So went around in circles till I figured out where the comet's coming from, let it hit, then go resummon everybody, let them get engaged, get my wind up for my breath attack going, and then finally wallop him with that and then run the fuck away because he could like one and a and a and a, a tic tac a bee's dick hit me and kill me, like I had to be one hundred. <laughs> I wasn't high enough level really to engage him in melee. And in fact, I think most people say it's very very difficult to engage him in melee. He has so many attacks in a row that you, you run just, out of stamina while you're dodging. Right. So you can get I have a shield thing that gives me like a ridiculous amount of block that I can cast over and over again that does help with some of that. I tried that like five or six times. It's like, yeah, there's no way. And then found out about the Dragon Breath and inadvertently got the heart I needed to go back to get the Dragon Breath to go take his his fucking ass out. And then third attempt with Dragon Breath after I figured out the timing of everything. Because there was plenty of times that battle was literally lasting like 12 seconds. And walk in the battlefield, Mm -hmm. see the space lasers shooting out of him. And uh, that's got some really fucking long range. Now I've got that fucking bow which also shoots space lasers, basically. You can see something, and if you can see it, you can charge up your attack and hit it from across the fucking map. It's ridiculous. Um, Damn. So It's you, the bow that he was using to shoot you. Know, shoot you. Yeah, it's not nearly that big on you, though. Oh, of course. It's normal. It's, well, it's pretty person-sized, but it's, you know. Big enough. Big enough. It's, it's, it's big for a dude. <laughs> <laughs> That bow's in man inches. Oh, God. All right. It's big for a dude. Uh, but it's Sean Rusty. Like, I just kind of got distracted with this underground area and figuring shit out. And I won't spoil too much, but I think most people that are interested in Elden Ring have seen that fight. Know that it permanently alters the map in some pretty significant ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one of the harder demigods to fight. I believe it. That's the one of the most challenging fights I've done in a Soul Series game. There's a uh, Fat Man and Slim, which is a common nickname for a boss in DS1 mm-hmm. that took me a month to beat. That is absolutely the hardest. I had to figure out how to. It's two bosses at the same time, and they have different move sets. And if you kill one, the other one gets stronger. Yeah, and you get different drops from them depending on who you kill in what order and uh that took me forever to figure out that is a very hard boss fight that's why i say ds1 is the hardest one it's mostly because it took me a month to figure out a stupid boss fight 
I put it down and rage quit and nearly broke my controller, spending all night on it and then waiting a few days, spending two or three hours in this fight. What am I fucking doing wrong? I have more patience now, though, and a little bit less rage, so I'm able to tolerate this shit. This is this is the thing. The way that this you know these games are described, and just based to, basically off of watching you play some of it, I've wanted to get into these games so much. It's, it's a anonymous Bosch painting come to life. It's just yeah, but I've I've wanted to get into these games. I really did. Like this is it. So one thing that's really big and different, and we've actually talked about because we share. Accounts sometimes Mm -hmm. through family sharing. He's one of the only people who shares mine. Is that you do something and you don't succeed, go make progress elsewhere and continue to make progress in other places as you go and explore and fight. And there's the many bosses on this are significantly easier than anything you face in Demon Souls. Okay. Most things for me were one shot and some were two and three shot. I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I want. I want to play this game. Everywhere. <laughs> I want to play this game, you know, but every single Dark Souls game that I have played, and I have at least touched all but one of them. I think I I, I skipped over Dark Souls 2. The, uh, um, the easiest of the Dark Souls games. Go figure. Um, <clears throat> I have attempted to play every one, including Bloodborne, um, you played the the out of the Miyazaki games. Here's the order of difficulty: Sekiro by a country mile, Bloodborne, the next hardest game, Dark, Dark Souls, Souls One, Dark Demon Souls, Souls, Demon Souls, Dark Souls Three, Dark Souls Two, Elden Ring. Wow. Okay. Elden Ring has been the most. There's so much. E- there's Free, so much to it. There's so much to it that if you don't make progress, you're not stuck in the level thinking you don't make progress. You're just like, I'm going to go I'm check just, this out. Right. And let me, uh, let me do this. Like, ooh, shiny. Ooh, shiny. Let me go defeat that. Oh, that's a really cool area. Let me see what that's about. Yeah. And then horseback combat, if I get overwhelmed, you can get invincibility frames when you mount and dismount your horse anyway, which is crazy. Oh. Um, and there's a lot of, if you're not in an interior area, you can summon your horse. So like dragon fight, oh fuck, mount horse, get away. Or, oh fuck, I think I got the move set of this dragon down. I tried the dragon in the lake and he could two shot me, right? Or if I stayed in his stream of fire, it would one shot me. But I just kept swinging until I got behind him, kick him in the legs a little bit. He's about to launch. I know he's going to do an area effect attack right away. Circle way around, get back behind him again, start whacking him with my sword. Ride way away out of the range of the fire. And then he kills shit and he's harvesting souls for you. While Because you, if you're in the area, you get the souls anyway. It took me about three attempts. Got the dragon in the lake at like level 30. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy because he's like one of the bosses you see in a lot of the cinematics or trailers or whatever. Is that dragon fight in open world? Well, he's not that far from the starting area. There is a knight. There's intentional bosses that are like checks for you to be like, dude, check yourself before you wreck yourself. This is way too hard for you. There's a knight literally out of the very first grace area that stomped <laughs> my ass to level 50 until I figured out a good way to beat him. And I beat him with my sorcerer at level 15, go figure. But my uh, my knight, that took some doing. And it took me to like level 40 or 50 to finally womp his ass and get his fucking halberd. I'm not going to lie. 
I'm probably going to play a sorcerer of some sort just because it's broken. Um, and I, I think I need to have every advantage that I would need. Uh, you got to focus a little bit on melee. I know. There's a sword called the Sword of Night and Flame that scales with intellect that you get pretty late in the game that's really good. But you can also apply attributes, intelligence attributes to all of your weapons to have it scale with intellect versus scaling with... It takes a while to find some of that stuff, but you can scale your weapons with intellect versus scaling them with strength or dexterity or anything. But you should pair off a little bit into those things because you'll have to have minimum attributes to wield weapons. Right, and you still need you, you still need to have hit points to be able to survive it. Arcane intelligence works really good. Um, or, or I'm sorry, intelligence <laughs> dex works really good. You get some really fucking cool weapons. Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah, you can just borrow it and then see what you think. That's that's kind of what I'm uh, I'm angling towards is when you're you know <laughs> there's like eight hours you. I'm not awake playing that right at least so I'm I'm thinking maybe I'll give it a try and if if I can if I can get through a little bit more than I got through from you know from in Demon Souls um I I might give that let a, me let me give you a quick janky tip that you should know because all souls have some jank to them. Um, you have to rest three times before you can level up at three different spots. Okay. And then that'll give you the ability to level up. And if you warp back to the church, you'll also get summoned. So as soon as you get the option to level up or level up, you level up, you pass time till nighttime. See, this is a jank, right? And then you go back to the church. There's a witch there sitting on a ledge. If you talk to her, she gives you your first wolf summon, which is fucking primo. It is fantastic early game. Um, so you just do those things in that order and that sets you up for success because if you miss the witch and you go too far, she's not going to come in and tell the part of the game I'm in and you've just played the game on fucking hard mode for no reason, like super hard mode. The, the biggest reason this game is so much easier than the other games is you can summon in shit to distract shit and you can level up the summons. So the summons get stronger and stronger. I got these guides that are fucking skeletons that rise from the dead after they get killed, and as long as they don't get hit, killed or hit with area of effect while they're in their reanimation animation, mm -hmm. they just keep fucking trucking, man. Like, they're the best distraction ever. Got plus five skeletal militia are fucking great. Now I've got the fucking mimic that looks like me, uses all my spells, and is fucking... He's totes great. I, I heard that the mimic on a sorcerer class is so broken... That you can just summon the mimic, go into a corner, and sit and watch your mimic kill it. It's, I mean, because it doesn't have it doesn't have the magic. You know, it doesn't have a a magic bar, so it can spam the high level, high magic use spells over and over and, and it over. Uses again. everything you have equipped on it. Right. So everything that you have equipped, like I've got my scythe. My fucking lightning spears and my fucking dragon breasts. It, my mimic uses all that shit while it's fucking laying waste. Like you saw me take on the giant with my mimic. And mm -hmm. We fucking... It's a man witch. We... <laughs> man, we man witch that fucking giant. <laughs> it was it's, it, it was pretty crazy. I, I've, I know that Elden Ring is just... It's super hot right now. Like, it is... By far, the highest-selling uh, from software game 
ever. It is it's topping like it's topping charts on Steam right now. It's beating Lost Ark in a lot of ways, right? It, now. It, it, it's well, a single it's, player, well, mostly single player game. It's yeah, it, it's doing fantastically well. So much so that they probably just uh, they just left the niche territory because you, you gotta you have to acknowledge the fact that the From Software games have been kind of an, uh, had a niche audience. Yeah, my friend Matt always teases me about loving the Souls games. He's like, it's like fucking Call of Duty. It's like, it's not like Call of Duty. But right now, Elden Ring is sell- selling like Call of Duty. Right. It's, it is doing super well. Um, it's for good the largest launch of the last 12 months. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, the, uh, the, it's my, uh, it's so far, you know, I'm going to beat it eventually. So far, it's my contender for game of the year for good reason. Like, there's, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, it had my only issue has been performance issues, and that's been mostly 90%, fixed, right? 95% fixed. Like, there's a little bit of area so issues with world loading when you're traveling all over the place, but like, by and large. I'm not having issues in fights. That's what I was having issues with before. Been in a fight and get really fucking framey and then resolve itself magically after you're dead. Um, like even little things that FromSoft used to do that were fucked up. So you get in an animation of swinging your sword, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be on a ledge. Well, in a lot of animations, you move forward a little bit with every hit. Mm-hmm. It used to let you swing yourself to where you dropped off the edge of a cliff. Oh, really? Right now, if you're in a swing animation, your toes magically stick to the corner of the edge when you're swinging your sword. So I can get up on a railing and shoot magic, which will push my character forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I won't jump off the railing when I'm launching something. Okay. So I'll get right up to the edge of something and fucking snipe something with my... I love my, my lightning spear, basically, or my lightning javelin that I've been using a lot. And, like, fucking shoot stuff below me that normally I'd be like, I don't want to get that close to the edge and use my magic. And I would normally resort to my bow and the other games to do that because, and then I'd slowly nick health off. And this is way more satisfying. The only time I've ever used a bow in any of the Souls games was Dark Souls One to take the uh, take the tail off of the dragon. Yeah, and there's there's no. a lot of secret stuff like the quest chain, which the character's name's Blade, B L A I D D something. Okay. Because you can't spell it right. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like he, you run into him in a certain area, you learn, you talk to a merchant, and he gives you a gesture. You do the gesture, he drops down from the area he's at, then you can talk to him, and then he kind of gives you hints on where you need to go, and you continue to run into him throughout the whole game. And it's a whole quest line that unlocks some kind of other ending or whatever. But... It's been interesting with what I'm doing. I like to think right now I've got the item I need to go back and finish a bigger part of that quest. But um, you don't have a quest log. You know, there's no quest markers anywhere. Like, it's worth looking that shit up when you receive one. What do I do with this information? Type in the name of the NPC, what you just talked to. Is there any significance to what they're giving me? Gotcha. I was wondering <laughs> about that. Because, I mean, you might have seen this... Um, you, did you see the you know the tweet storm that happened you know, between uh, 
um, like the Ubisoft devs and and whatnot, and the in the Gorilla devs. Uh-uh. Um, they were at first probably well, five six days ago. Uh, they were uh, throwing a bunch of shade at uh, at Elden Ring for its quest design. Uh, oh, you and, mean so I don't I don't do a bunch of easy shit going back and forth in Assassin's Creed, right? So uh, what they were uh, what they were saying was that the uh, that the uh, UX the user experience was uh, super bare bones, uh, where it didn't actually like give you any anything to go on as far as on screen anything. Like it doesn't have the quest pointer. Uh, things don't show up on your mini map. Um, th- you know, there isn't a mini map. Uh, yeah, you open up the map and you place markers on the world on things that you want to do. Right. You've got a compass and the compass only shows like bare minimum information, like which direction you're facing. And you, you can set down like a way marker and you can see that. Uh, but that's about it. Um, but it doesn't have like a quest log. It doesn't have, you know, uh, you know, uh, prompts on the screen to like, you know, you know, to do certain things outside of like pick up an item or read a message, right? Um, yeah, I pick up tons of little items all over the place that I don't know what they do, and then I continue to unlock these books. There's also things that um, Nymph was showing me, where it'll tell you where an item is. You go to a merchant, and they'll have a book that t- basically tells you where something is. And you got to read it and then kind of figure out what that means. Right. You have to use your brain. You have to use your brain. And so, like, you'll go to these things where it looks like a a reaper, like a reaper of souls kind Mm -hmm. of thing, right? And he'll be on a cliff, and you'll go hit examine on it, and it'll shoot a little beam of light in a direction. And that's pointing you towards a, a crypt. And the crypts always have a boss at the end. They always have enemies and traps and all sorts of shit you got to wake your way through there's always some kind of reward at the end so it's always worth doing some of them are easier than others um but yeah like stuff like that like it really just makes you follow your heart (laughs) it just makes you pay attention to the world and you know and use your eyes instead of a quest marker uh, because you I pay mean, more attention to the world and everything that's going on. Like I'm more, way more invested in it. There's also a lot more voice dialogue in this, but by a long shot. Yeah. And cutscene, like the Souls games, barely have cutscenes. This has a lot of fucking cutscenes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I watched one that was kind of surprising. I was like, oh, cool. Um, but the um, the 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 big thing, like the 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 biggest contrast between the two, like. Watching you play a little bit of Elden Ring today, and then going back to what I was going through for Horizon Forbidden West, okay? There are points, like, a lot of points in that game where Aloy basically tells you what you have to do by talking to herself. When you go into an area, she's like, hmm... I wonder where that uh, where that ladder leads, and that's basically the game saying you should probably use that ladder. Yeah, there's no yellow ledges. <laughs> uh, it's it's even worse in Horizon Forbidden West as far as the pointers are concerned. Uh, you know, she gets into like 
a room that's, you know, got a bunch of water in it, but there's obviously shit that's, you know, on the floor, like it's, you know, rise and, you know, fall water level. And she's like, you know, jump into the water and she's like, I wonder how I can drain the water. Maybe I should go check this room. Yeah, so, like, I mean, talking about <clears throat> traps and stuff, like, there was a crypt I was in the other night, and there's a, I was like, why am I not finding, so the, in every crypt, there's, like, a lever that opens a door, opens a section, right? Um, right, so you learn the rules of how these crypts operate, and that is the boss room, right? So you go beat the boss, and then you're done with the crypt, basically, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, where is the fucking lever? I went all the way through this and died to fucking rot and all this other stuff. What's going on? Well, the elevator that goes down, you hit the button, roll off the elevator, and there's a room underneath the elevator. You drop down in that room. There's a whole half the crypt is underneath there, and there's a bunch of creatures that continuously respawn. (laughs) And it really wants you to try to avoid the creatures, because I took on like eight or nine of these weird hunks of flesh things that are continuously respawning. For I realized it's like giving you like 12 souls to kill. And they continue to respond, like, why the fuck am I wasting all my resources on killing these things? So finally, I just kill the ones that get in the way and then just hot foot it out of that room to the next area that gives me all the shit that I needed to unlock a door that I could only get through that area because I couldn't even find the fucking door. And I was like, well, that was neat. And yeah. it, took me, it, took me, it took me a little while to figure it out, but I was just like problem solving the whole time. I know there is more to this because there's always a door that leads to a boss. Why is there not a door? And then they do something different than the other games. So Demon Souls, for instance, right? You die, you go back to the beginning of level. Elden right. Ring, you die. There's a statue of Marika that is usually close by. Usually, occasionally, it's not right next to the boss. They fucking troll the fuck out of you. But usually, there's a this little statue, and if you've passed it on your way over to the soul, uh, to the boss room, it's usually like twelve feet away. It just respawns you right in front of the boss door again. And so you could do that, or you can warp out of that you if you're just out. if you're just saying, you know what, nope, my 10,000 souls that are in that room of the boss are not worth me dying over and over again. I'm going to go do something else and earn it naturally through other means. Mm-hmm. You can do that. It's the easy fast travel is something that's so much different than you had to unlock an option in Dark Souls 1 before you got like three quarters through the game. And it's like, now you can warp between bonfires. Right. Yes, um, <clears throat> 2 had a big hub that you would warp to then warp to the next area kind of like demon souls but -hmm. you could warp and then you could warp between bonfires dark souls 3 is a little better i think you unlock the ability to warp about halfway through can't remember it's been a while this lets you warp whenever the fuck you want as soon as you start unlocking these spots you can warp so So, yeah fast travels i mean it's absolutely required in that game though i mean the fucking map is stupid (laughs) <laughs> yeah, traveling traveling end to end where I'm at right now would take me probably half an hour, to be honest with you. Just like no kidding, like galloping full speed on my horse all the way through from the southern area to the midpoint that I'm at right now. Right. Maybe even longer. Like sometimes even I'm like in a swampy area right now is the midpoint. I even fought the second major tower boss. I just jumped straight to this quest line to jump at fucking hard ass the demigod. It's not actually like it's not linear at all. And it's, it's Well, it is linear in this fact. So you can skip the first boss and go into the next area mm-hmm. because that option's there. It requires a little bit of platforming, but it is well laid out that you can do this. And not in a, like a cheese way of like, let me like weird double jump my horse to get into it. No, it just, 
there's a broken road. You can jump across the broken road onto a little path that's along the mountain that goes around the castle. And you can get to the next area and be like, okay, I wasn't powerful enough. I guess I'm going to go level up here. But totally optional southern area that's really meant to level you up that you can go to. Like after you finish the first little prairie that you're on, you Mm -hmm. can be like, yeah, I'm going to go south. That dragon is too tough. And there's a whole castle there with a whole quest line of the whole castle under siege that you can fuck with. You can fuck with the giants. You can ride past them. I rode past the giants for a long time until I got to a good rhythm of killing them. Plenty of open world events, plenty of open world bosses at night. Like there's just, there's just, the content is just overflowing and it's all stuff that I like. I move my hands like mm-hmm. a ridiculous person and I, I'm gobbling it up and I'm just not, not having fun. Like every time I've hit a roadblock, I've figured something out to do or figured out maybe what I was doing wrong or worked on something else that was more achievable and got my sense of achievement, then went back to it. And then the other number one rule, if you're close, if you're even halfway close to leveling up with your souls, go do something to get the rest of them and don't waste them or go spend them on upgrades or go spend them on items that you need. Don't waste them. If you're going to go to a new area that's going to fuck you up. Right. Go get rid of them. And then you won't be so mad when you lose them because you lost currency. Or find a good farming method to split the difference. I, mm. I can level up in about five minutes if I need to. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I'm at a, I'm at level 90. <clears throat> I, I think it's, I mean, obviously the game is definitely doing well. Um, uh, well, I mean, like even the I call. I don't mean this disrespect, but the people that don't play a lot of Souls games have rat packed together and have just been conquering shit as a group. Like I've seen plenty of people. Like one of the guys that works for me, him and five other people have been rocking this game out as a group, and that's what they do every night. They play Souls together. And they just you just can't ride your horse if you're together, so it's a little bit slower. But he's like already at the end of the game. We've been playing this every night since release. Yeah. But he's been rocking with like five other dudes on Discord. <clears throat> I, I I will probably end up playing it solo because that's just the way that how how things work for me. If, if it but, does if it does click with you and you're like I might buy this, I will play a little bit with you if you want. I've I've thought about it so much. Um, well, you just finished a game, so to alley oop out of the Elden Ring because right. Elden Ring has been doing has been doing me no wrong, right? Aside from frame rate initially, you beat a game, right? I did. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I beat Dying Light too. Um, uh, s- stay human. Um, I about halfway through the game, I really had to force myself through it. Um, that the game didn't necessarily click as well as the first one did for me. Um, of course, the first one I liked the most. The most I liked about it was the parkour. Um, so the first area, basically the, the first little town portion of the city that you're in, um, is very much like, uh, the first dying light. Um, things are probably two story tall, maybe three story tall in some places, but not much more than that. Um, the second area of the game, which is the majority of the game, as I found out, uh, is, um, apartment buildings and high rises and fucking like, you know, things that, you know, that get vertical. And 
honestly, you know, uh, the parkour stuff that you, you know, that you see online with people that, you know, that climb, you know, really tall buildings and stand on the edge of like skyscrapers with like, you know, no safety equipment and whatnot and fucking leap between fucking little, uh, like pillars on the top of these buildings where one slip up and they fucking like fall 40 fucking stories to their death or some shit that I guess that gets an, you know, that has an appeal. It doesn't to me because, um, my feet are firmly planted on the ground and I have a, uh, I, I don't feel very comfortable on a fucking ladder for fuck's sake. Uh, so that really didn't appeal to me super great. Uh, like some of the, um, you know, radio tower challenges were like, you know, butt clenching for me. Um, I really <clears throat> liked some of that stuff. It, I mean, it was fun. It was probably the most fun that I had in that game was actually, you know, doing some of the, uh, uh, some of the challenges that had to do with climbing, like trying to figure out how to get to, um, the, uh, military drops was probably the most fun that I've had, uh, in that game. Everything that had to do with, you know, with combat and, you know, and the zombies was like, yeah, I'm not a big zombie fan, obviously. Um, I am very vocal about that. So anything that had to do with the zombies was like, this is just fucking filler for me. Um, what I had the most problem with is, um, you got the worst possible ending. I did. I got the worst process. I had the worst possible ending. And that was just because I was doing what I thought was, you know, sound. And that was definitely not how you played that game. Um, you know, so, uh, I won't go into any specifics because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's playing that game. Uh, but, uh, the route that I took, was not the route that saved the most people. In fact, uh, it, 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 it was the opposite, <laughs> but ending aside, um, the, uh, I had a lot of problems playing it on PC with a controller. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily because of, um, it's, I don't think it was the games issue. I don't, I, I'm not sure. Cause I, I've, I, again, I play with the PlayStation five controller on PC and, uh, what I found was if I even brushed my finger against the trigger, it would initiate an attack. And if you are paragliding in that game and you initiate an attack, you go into a drop kick. Well, that sucks when you jump off of a building at 40 fucking stories up and you end up initiating a drop kick and drop kicking yourself 30 fucking five fucking stories down before you can hit the fucking button to redeploy your parachute. <laughs> like, well, that attempt to get to that building's fucked. Now I'm going to have to re fucking climb this goddamn building so that I could try it again. And that was, that happened to me more times than I can count. Um, but the dropkick being probably the most useful attack in the game was also very, kind of, it was satisfying and disappointing at the same time. Satisfying for the first five times that you did it. 
disappointing in the fact that you basically just used that to knock people off of fucking buildings every time you saw anybody near a ledge. Um, I, to, to say that it didn't necessarily jive with me was, you know, is an understatement. I, I had, um, I had some issues with, you know, keeping focused in that game, uh, to, you know, to the point where I just wanted to be done with it. Um, I got about halfway through and I'm like, eh, man, I really have to, you know, I was really forcing myself to go. Um, the, the game definitely does the shiny shit a lot. Like you fucking, you can get on a a hunt and you're pretty soon. You're just looting like fucking drawers and shit like that. for No reason. You just, you end up like, uh, well you get a main story, you know, main quest and then you get like 18 fucking side quests that pop up in the, you know, you know, and on the way there, you find another fucking side quest that you're, you know, that you're doing or a fucking parkour challenge that you're, uh, that you, uh, may or may not be fucking, you know, ready for, um, you know, or, uh, you know, doing like the military convoys or the fucking, like the, you know, uh, the nighttime fucking, uh, store rushes for valuables and shit the like nighttime that. Nighttime stuff wasn't as hard in this one as it was in the old game. Um, getting from point A to point B, as long as you stayed from on the rooftops, wasn't necessarily too bad. The howlers are basically a pain in the ass. And what happened halfway through my playthrough is the game devs made an update. Uh, and uh, now if if you shoot a howler and you don't kill it in the first shot, it will start a chase. Uh, so, you, so you have to you, you have to kill it. You have to one shot the howlers. Otherwise, they'll start a chase no matter what. So you can't even get close to a fucking howler without starting a, you know the chase uh and i ended up for a period of time i was farming the first like first two levels of the chase uh so that i could get uh the uncommon trophies um you know because you you know the first uh yeah the first set of zombies that they send after you the runners um, they'll drop the uncommon, uh, trophy heads and you can use those for upgrades for basically everything. Um, and you need a buttload of them for fucking, you know, uh, upgrading your blueprints. So I was farming it and I was going out at night, tickling a fucking howler and then fucking, you know, finding myself a spot where I could, you know, kill and loot a bunch of those, uh, uh, those runners. And it got to like level three, and then I would run for a UV spot so that I could stop the chase, and then I'd do that over and over again. Uh, one night, I I farmed up like 150 fucking heads. Jesus, yeah, it was. I didn't even think of that method. It, it was. It is level three is a pretty intense chase, though. Level three is when the uh, volatiles start coming out, and those fuckers would two shot me, um, no matter what I did. So. Yeah, I can't even imagine level four. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the the systems in the game still sound uh, as far as uh, as far as a, a dying light game. It does have you know it does have a bit more of a a story that you can follow than the first, first dying light. 
Um, I like the multiple endings, honestly. I know that you didn't get the best one. I had a decent ending, but it wasn't the best ending, but it was still a good ending. It was... Um, the yeah the situations that you uh, that you get into that are like time decisions those are the ones that are going to you know uh, affect the the story progression and how the you know, how the game ends um, everything else I would say is just a minor thing like. It's not going to affect your ending. It's not going to affect your ending. It's just going to affect how the uh, uh, how the NPCs talk about you, or it could be like in chatter, an NPC like disappears from the game altogether because of some actions that you took. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Um, Did you do any of the mail the mail stuff? The the courier uh, thing. I like the courier quest for some reason. The the courier quests were you know were all right. It kind of gives you a little bit more of the. uh, like the human side behind things because you go into these what look like fucking completely abandoned apartment you know buildings in some places to deliver a letter and you're like oh somebody lives here holy shit yeah and there's like some story and exposition behind it as to what's going on with their little their little pocket of their life and, right you know I think I think that human stuff added some flavor text to the game that I think it actually needed after after a a bit of that though, it was more like busy work. I mean, there was a, a there was a quest chain. Did you for, finish it? Did I finish the career quest yeah. quest line? No. Um, yeah, I, there's a pretty cool ending to that. I didn't finish the book collector ending either. Um, so that, that one's pretty interesting as well. I got. I think I got pretty close. Uh, I'm not sure how many quests there are. Um, I think. There isn't any quest lines that have more than ten. Okay, I think I got to like seven on the book collector one. Um, the book collector one I would just do as I was out and about. Right. And I like the little history lesson you got with each one of those, and then I like talking to the the book girl. Yeah, I I uh, I decidedly didn't. Um, the uh, <laughs> it's just it's just an okay game for me. It's not great in any way. Um, for you know, for me, it was just like, would I play this again? And I decided, no, I probably wouldn't. What do you think your rating is after? How many hours did you get into it? Um, you'd have to look it up. I'm pretty sure it's probably forty to fifty hours. Uh, pretty sure. It seemed a whole lot longer. It really did. It seemed like I played that game for fucking 80 hours. But it wasn't. It wasn't that. Um, he's looking it up now. Uh, but I don't think I'd play it again. That's why I, I, I made that decision right at the, you know, when I saw the ending, just to look up the other endings and see, you know, see what they entailed. Yeah, you did forty nine hours. Forty nine hours. I did like seventy three. Yeah, I. I decidedly had more fun, but to balance us out, what do you think your rating is? Mm, Not it. It wasn't bad, and I haven't. You know, didn't have. Fuck. I don't know. It's probably like a. You know, a really high three to a low four, um, like 
3.9, the 4, or something like that. Because it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad. And it's definitely colored by my, the fact that I really don't like zombie games. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't have anything that was glaringly bad about it outside of... I give it a base. It's a fairly close rating to mine. So I, if we were going Metacritic, I would have given it like an eighty-five, and you gave it a seventy-eight. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, because it's it's not really that bad of a game, and it it is worth playing if you liked, you know, uh, the original Dying Light. Um, I just I felt like the paraglider. Uh, once you got that, it basically cheapened all of the parkour. Um, in the major part of the city, it just really cheapened it. Uh, and the combat wasn't, wasn't super great. It just didn't feel great. Um, it was just more hack and slash and the blocking was more of a pain in the ass than it was to do, uh, to just like rock around people and just kick them into fucking spikes. And that's basically all I did. Um, so it just, I, I'm, I'm going with the story. The, the story itself wasn't, uh, wasn't terrible for a zombie game. I'll, I'll just say that I've, I've played a whole lot worse than that. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I have moved on because I needed to get you know, get the zombie taste out of my mouth somehow. Uh, so I went to fucking, you know, playing ARPGs again. So I'm, I'm playing through my third playthrough of Grim Dawn again. <laughs> this time I'm playing a shaman. I mean, it's a good game. Um, I think it's time for a break. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, make sure Jason's still awake. We'll be back. back we uh checked on some uh table details yeah we didn't talk about that the whole show yeah gaming table you know uh ideas and the the table's built i just got to figure out a way to open it and how to felt it how to felt it how to felt it i felt it um i put my hands on it got a few craft supplies i need to buy yeah but uh for the first time ever, I think he's. Uh, this will be the first time you're going into a fabric store. I apparently did not realize there was something other than Hobby Lobby because I don't really go to craft stores. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, mom does quilts, and I've done costume. So <laughs> you go to where the good fabrics are, uh, and I'll I tell guess, you. I guess it's Joanne's now. I'll tell uh, you. I've I'll, grown up in them, and I. S- Post a couple links in our chat group to help you out there, Justin. Yeah, the um, uh, I'll tell you, trying to find like a dog fur fabric for uh for the um not like not like pupper dog down there because she doesn't have much fur. Um, something that was kind of like German Shepherdy for uh, for when I was doing um, uh, the barf costume, I. 
I had to go to Joanne's for that. <laughs> and of course, they have it. And it's like a really obscure kind of fabric. So, I mean, go where the go where the place to go. I feel like there was another craft store that I've been into before with some with the woman that shall not be named that I moved to Kansas City for, um, which was before your time. Okay, all right, yeah, um, I. I'm 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 going to have to agree with you. I've I've only ever gone to that one place. I think um, there there used to actually be a lot around town. Now, uh, yeah, sewing uh, is now not a, Joanne's is about the only specialty fabric store that's you know not commercially focused. But it's what? just random shit for you to make shit. Yeah, basically. If you know how to, if you know how to sew, that's the place to go. Wow. All right. Well, I want to get into a little bit of news here. It hurt. We, it uh, really hurt. I just jumped right through that. <laughs> I want to bounce stuff around the table. Okay. Um, one quick thing I wanted to talk about is uh, state of play. Yeah. Um, not what you actually think. Um, so Bethesda released a three to five year roadmap for Fallout 76. No, oh, boy. And I will say, you can get this on Game Pass if you're curious. The state of play is drastically different. When I played it, was playing it six months ago or eight months ago, and in a bad headspace, was drastically different. And now they've got like a some arena gameplay, some more stuff opening up for multiplayer for you to play with your buddies. Okay. Um, and they're sort of saying right now they're in season eight, but they've got a 2022 roadmap going on right now that. Promises arena fights with robots this summer. Let's make expeditions to revisit the pit, which was a DLC for Fallout 3. Okay. Um, but yeah, the uh, I think if you're not solely playing 76 and you're like playing it every few days, it's pretty good. If you're into a grindy game with a great theme, um, I've had a lot of fun with it. I, I don't. I don't knock it that hard because there's a lot to do with that game. I just didn't get into it for you know. For me, it was uh, for, it for was a little cast, bit different. For the tea bags, pickiest gamer, it could not get into it, <laughs> even though he likes grindy s games. <coughs> At the very least, we both agree that Lost Ark is hot fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, it. And it's funny because I keep getting uh, I, I keep getting called back to you know play that game. I've long since fucking you know uninstalled it. But I, yeah, I got I got rid of that hard drive space. But the um, you know I I just I don't know what it was. I could not get into Fallout seventy six. I gave it a try, um, but uh, for me it was just I don't know. I mean, a good portion of that game was just looting scrap and, you know, and that, that on top of the, uh, uh, the, you know, user interface for going through shit, I was not happy with it. So quick update and then I'll pass the baton to Jason. Um, Forspoken was a game that we saw at, uh, the Game Awards. Yep. Um, that got delayed to October 11th, 2022 for PS5 and PC. 
Yep. The uh, uh, Forspoken was the uh, uh, the everyday chick that has like you know that gets teleported in and gets magic powers and starts floating around. It's uh, does that have something to do with Square Enix? Uh, yes, it's the Final Fantasy fifteen developers. Yep. Uh, so I, I knew that that was uh, it's a thing. Yeah, it's more in the vein of like uh, maybe kind of like. Man, this article doesn't know what the fuck they call it compared to the Assassin's Creed and Witcher. I completely disagree. It's a game about magic powers. It's open world. Right. And, that's, and you're floating around and doing you know doing stuff. You know? With a lot of epic moments. So to me, that's Scream Square. Right. Just a little bit more focus on combat happening real time. So, Jason, passing the torch to you. Well, uh, there you go. There was one of them. Um, well, hell. Other other news, uh, there was a uh, teaser from Dead Space developers that oh, yeah. uh, we will be getting a remake in 2023. They were originally tar- trying to get it out for 2022, but it didn't look like that was going to be the case. I'm kind of curious yeah. about that, see what they do with it. If yeah, I mean, it's Dead Space, so... We know what we're getting, just how much they improved the visuals. Which, I mean, that does look like a pretty dated game nowadays. And the yeah, original... The, necrom- the Necromorphs probably wouldn't scare me nearly as much nowadays. No. Right. No, no, but, I mean, I remember playing through Dead Space, and it did have, like, Dark Corridors, and it did have the jump scares. Um, um, Fucking eye thing in two or three, like... Right. Not deal with eye- eyes, or, I mean... That's I wear thick ass glasses. If I lose my eyes, and okay, I don't know if that's my the the eye monster is definitely not not, not the thing for you. Um, honestly, I liked one, didn't necessarily like two, and three was more of like an action game instead of a fucking dead space game. So as long as they, uh, if they do the remake right, and they don't put it, uh, and they make a. Uh, they make more of an effort to make it a uh, a horror game instead of an action game. I'm I'm all right with that. Um, they need to capture the you know the dark mystery of you know the first game. If they uh, uh, if they do that right, then I'm all on board, one hundred percent. All right, well, Rusty, what you got? Uh, well, you said something about state of play, and a lot of the state of you know. That reminded me of the PlayStation, you know, state of play thing. So uh, I'm not sure if that's what you were referring to, uh, but PlayStation had a very short state of play where they showcased a lot of. Uh, it was very Japanese game uh, oriented, of uh, you know, from the PlayStation's, uh, you know, for PlayStation stuff. Uh, so there's another Valkyrie game that's coming out, uh, and, uh, a couple more, uh, you know, a couple more, you know, Japanese developers are actually doing that. But one of the things that, you know, that caught my eye, uh, is, uh, there, there's going to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Kawabunga collection. Uh, and this includes... Basically, all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games from the NES, SNES, and arcade uh, 
you know, arcade era. So the really, really bad, really terribly uh, difficult freaking NES Ninja Turtle game all the way up to like Turtles in Time that ate all of my quarters as a kid. Uh, and I think I played a fair amount of the, the side scroller at the arcade was another it, one I played a lot of. That was that's, you know, Turtles in Time. And there was a, a, a couple other ones. But I remember playing a lot of those games. Uh, but there's the the fighting games the you know that weren't very well received uh and even the snes ports of the arcade games uh are included in the collection so there's some really good ones and some really bad games in there but it's definitely it caught my eye because it included the uh the arcade rom style of uh, of the uh of the original arcade games and that I mean, those were great. Those were, I remember going to the pizza shop and playing those games and using up all of my allowance on that. Um, even got good with the pizza shop owner so that he would give me, you know, like, you know, 50 credits so that I could beat that game because I had spent so much money on there that and gotten just as, you know, just a little bit farther every time. Uh, you know, the one time I came in there with like $2 and was only able to get to like the, you know, second or third stage, he just came over, unlocked the thing and hit the freaking lever about 50 times and gave me 50 uh, credits. And, you know, and he's like, beat this game. I want to see you do it. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I will. Thank you. (laughs) And I was there for another freaking couple hours. (laughs) It was great. Um, so that, you know, that obviously, you know, caught my eye because of, you know, because of the memories. I want to jump to something that's kind of depressing. Okay. So. I guess. If you have to. I do. So. Elite. The people at Frontier Studios for Elite Dangerous, which is a game that we've all enjoyed a lot. Um, cancels the Odyssey expansion and all future content on consoles. Oof. All the focus will now be on the PC version. Oof. Because it's still struggling right now. Um, it was supposed to be a great expansion that seriously fucked up everything about the game. Um, it's had a still a fairly mixed, if not negative, response on Steam. Well, I mean, it prevented me from going back to that game. Uh, Same here. It... I, I spent money on that on launch day, expecting it to be one of my biggest things that I wanted to see in 2021, and it just did not deliver. Um, and as far as I know, I mean, not much is really, you know, you know, not much in that way. Like they've the the fundamental problems that they you know that they had with the game wasn't necessarily. I mean. They may have worked on some of the technical issues, like most of the uh, graphical issues that you might have seen with, uh, you know, with VR, I think, may have already been resolved. I'm not sure, though. Um, But for me, it was the fundamental problems that they did. So when they made changes to the world system and how the worlds were generated so that you could have some worlds that had atmosphere and you could, you know, like walk around on it they fundamentally broke some of the, you know, destinations that people were going to. 
there are worlds that were interesting for their landscape before the you know uh, before that update that were wiped basically clean and regenerated uh, when the you know when the Odyssey update came out. Yeah, and I wanted to fly my vulture through stuff like that, like an agile ship, and do basically pod racing. Essentially, right? There was some canyon, uh, some canyon planets that had really deep, you know, canyons that you could do, you know, like ship races through, um, and that was, you know, all of those planets are basically flat now. There is no interesting, you know, features like that anymore. But it. They, they broke it, right? And so the reason is they want to focus on a single code base to finalize Odyssey and make it workable. Right. They well, haven't canceled the game altogether, but because of their canceling all the updates, there's a thing on Twitter trending of people posting their final destinations on console. Right. I saw that. Uh, so they post lots and lots and lots of elite players are posting their final screenshots of where they're going to go and then park their ship and then hopefully transfer something to PC, but that doesn't look likely yet. Yeah, they're, they're saying something about permanent docks. Like, this is where I started, this is where I'm going to end. Um, or they're going to a specific place, like their favorite planet out in the freaking dark, or out in the black, and um, they'll go to that place and they'll you know park their ship and log out. And that's that's just where they're going to be. Um that's some, that's some really, it's, it's really depressing when you look, uh, think of it that way, because, you know, that's, it sucks. And to be honest, you know, my commander's doing the same fucking thing right now. He's, you know, he's parked, you know, I'm parked, I'm parked on the, on a, I might be parked on a capital ship. I don't know if I'm parked on the cap. I, I know I'm not parked on the capital ship. I'm parked. Uh, I'm, I'm parked on a capital ship that was dealing with Thargoids. Um, I am parked in a uh, uh, a station that I was using to uh, farm engineer materials. Um, so, I'm and unfortunate, you know, that the uh, the console players are you know running into this. They basically have not had this update yet to my knowledge they haven't had the odyssey update um so and they were looking forward to it i'm not sure why uh but they have you know but after it kind of came out to pc first and it kind of fell flat uh you know frontier definitely needed to uh uh to address that uh, and it seems like it's taking a lot longer for them to fully address all of the issues uh, on PC to the point where they can't split their team up to uh, to work it on uh, on consoles. You know, elite, elite on consoles has always been kind of a uh, a question of to, to me as to why anybody would want to play that on console because there's a lot of fucking systems in that game, um, but. I acknowledge that there are uh, that those those people who are playing it on console. It really kind of stinks for them, knowing that they're not ever going to get any more up or not for the uh, foreseeable future getting updates. Um, that just I mean, it, if they have to buy the game again on PC, that that kind of sucks too. So, 
One last yeah. up. One last um, up. Oh, go ahead. Well, I've got one real quick. The uh, uh, WB Interactive uh, officially announced that uh, WB Montreal, the same studio that put together Arkham Origins, their next game is officially titled Gotham Knights. Yep. And will focus on every Bat Family character that's not Batman. Isn't Gotham Knights the uh, the the games? The premise of that game is that Batman's are uh, Batman's dead, and that the uh, that the Bat Family has have uh, has to step up and you know take that role. Basically, yeah. Okay. That's I, I thought I heard something about the backstory for that game, uh, you know, in concept. Uh, so it, that game's slated to come out this year, isn't it? Yep. It's uh, late this year, like October, November, something like that. Uh, where did the date go? Lost it. October 25th. October? Yeah. I, I kind of figured it was late this year. It looks like a uh, an interesting premise because I mean, the uh, the Bat Family. There's there's a lot there's quite a bit of uh, difference in how they go about things. Uh, so uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting game. I want to see I want to see a good Batman game again because. Uh, it seems like they they have a, a a decent roller coaster going for Batman games. Like there's a good one, and then there's a not so good one. <laughs> you know, uh, so hopefully this one's a good one. Yeah, but this will take place directly after. Uh, uh, after the last game, so Batman is supposedly dead. Okay, interesting. I mean, the death of Batman is, you know, it's, that's been a, uh, that, that's been a thing that, uh, that's happened in uh, a couple different storylines. Um, you know, the, uh, Batman Beyond, uh, was also a, you know, a retired Batman. Yeah, uh, I think that focused Batman. on Nightwing though, right? No, that, that was, um. The, uh, that Batman, was a new Batman. That was that a different was Batman. Harry McGinnis. Yeah. That was the... Uh, Shows you what I know about comics. Yeah, that was the black and red Batman. Actually, that wasn't even uh, born out of the comics. That was just the uh, producers and showrunners of the animated series. Yep. And looking to do a new one. But it turned out so popular that DC ended up... Uh, uh, putting him in the comics, uh, in like a, um, in like future based storylines, right, right. Um, and of course, DC well, has the multi world, you know, uh, a multi world thing going on too, right? So, yeah, um, the storyline you're thinking of where people thought the Batman was dead outside of the, you know, the recent arcs with Nightfall was, uh, um, the first big one was uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns Part Two. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Hot dish. 
one last thing I wanted to bring to the table for we uh, call it good tonight is uh, me and Jason been waiting to play Halo Infinite Co-op. Um, they can't get split screen working right on the console versions right now. And they want to support last gen as well. And so okay. they've said that it's presented a lot of challenges with making it a playable experience. And so it is continuing to be delayed for the time being. Fun. Fun times. Uh, Give it to PC and current gen, people. Yeah. Some things be- just aren't going to work on the old generation and be properly optimized. Because because everybody's got the next generation systems, right? Um. (laughs) I mean, there's not been a parts shortage anywhere. No, no. People have been able to to, uh, build, you know, great PCs with the latest graphics cards since, you know, for the last two years. And there definitely isn't any scalpers, you know, taking advantage of people trying to get uh, the the next gen console systems. Yeah, go ahead, ass. Um, yeah, yeah it's not going to happen for a while. Uh, yeah, obviously they're going to be taking care of the uh, you know the previous gen systems for a little while longer at least until uh, the next gen systems are more proliferated throughout the uh, the gaming just, populace. I feel like everybody's going to get halfway into the dev cycle before people actually get them. Well, that's, I mean, we're really kind of coming up on it. Look, you know, look, it's, what, every six to eight years, right, you know, for uh, for a console generation. Um, we're almost two years into the, uh, you know, in, into this next-gen system. Yeah, we're a year and a half into the cur- next, the current-gen right. consoles, and it took us a year to get PS5s. Right, and, that, and that's... It's nutty. It's absolutely fucking craziness, uh, nuts, that people are, you know, not able to get these things. But hopefully, maybe, possibly, in the next you know, year or so, maybe, we're still thinking two and a half to three years after initial release before it's, like, actually on a shelf for more than, like, a second and that the scalper market's finally dead. Um, it's it just blows my mind. It just uh, it, it makes me uh, worry about the next set of the next next generation systems. You know. Well, did anybody have anything else? Mm, not really. Um. Not anything that has to do with stuff that's not like you know geopolitical. So, um, well, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash real tiltcast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. You've got Cabbage KBG. You've got for the love of gaming, you've got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. They like Elden Ring. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.